You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Hey guys, Besa Gordon here. Welcome to another episode of Rewind with Besa. Today's actually a really dope interview. I've been wanting to interview him for a minute and I finally got my wrist. You know, manifestation is a good thing when you do it right and you actually work, okay? We got the Rain Man, Sean Kemp himself, in the building, literally right here at iHeartRadio, okay? So look, we're going to bring him in as soon as we jump into this intro. Hello, Sean Kemp. How are you? I'm well, how are you? Good. Real quick, do people really like walk up to you and be like, it's the Rain Man still? Absolutely. And do you that's it mean, like do you love that still? I mean Or have a, you just gotten used to it? Yeah. You know, so you gotta roll with the punches, I think. I think um, you know, I learned early on, you treat people like they treat you. I love that. And you know, I think that with Seattle it, we love our sports so much. No, absolutely. Like, we don't even have to know about the sport. Right, like, right. we can, know nothing about hockey, but right. I love it. Know no. nothing about baseball, but I love it. Yeah, I think a lot of people out here didn't realize that Seattle was going to be this major sports city. Yeah. You know, but it's definitely become that throughout the years. Uh, it probably wasn't like that when I first got to Seattle, but it definitely has become that, I think, uh, with the amount of electricity that was created in the 90s. Um, things have continued and even grown in ways that we didn't even realize they were going to grow. You know, as far as it's like soccer, yeah, and hockey, yeah, of that that aspect. So I think the, um, you know, the, the the fan base around here, we're just starting to realize what it is. You know, and and I think that that just speaks to so many things of what this city is. I always tell these people that our city is a big melting pot. Right. It's like whatever you thought Seattle yeah. was, it's that and like about five or six other things. Yeah, Maybe it is. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's such a strange city, you know, because there's so many, um, you know, there's so much smarts to this city and then uh, the city's has so many struggles. Yeah. And I guess it's like a lot of other places, you know, you got to be able to balance this out or else you'll start to struggle in life. And that's what this is all about. It's about balance, man. Being able to, you know, being able to balance your work and your lifestyle together. Yeah, man. And this is like a random thought. And I feel like you were one of the players that came. Mm -hmm. It was when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. I went to Cleveland High School okay. and someone broke into our locker room and stole all the black basketball players' jerseys. Is that right? And some of the Sonics actually came by and uh, gave jerseys yeah. to the players. Yeah, I remember hearing about that, yeah. I was like, that's crazy. No, but I mean, that's what, you know, being a part of a community, that's what happens, yeah. first of all. And uh, Seattle is definitely has a strong community around True. here. So usually, you know, people in the community generally pick up where others have left off or where others are hurting. Therefore, and I think uh, you see that so much around here where you've seen people struggling and other people come in just to help out or put a smile on someone's face. So I think that's what Seattle is really known for, uh, you know, face value. Um, you know, as, a, as, as other places, we have our problems. But I think face value, I think Seattle is known for definitely helping out people. Oh, absolutely. And there's just so much money in this city. Like, how yeah. could we not? Like, yeah. it would almost be weird if the city didn't do things to help others out. And yeah. speaking of that, I was wondering, you know, at this point, 
and I want to talk about this a little bit more later, you're on your second dispensary, right? Right. Within that, have you been paying attention to the social equity programs that are going on? Absolutely. What do you think about them? Because some Absolutely. people are saying that they're dope. I've heard other people say that they feel like it's like a scam. And I would love to know your thoughts being that you're actually in the industry. Well, I think when it comes to social equity, first of all, it's... Um you know, some people are going to get have this opportunity to become store owners, and this is such a it's such a um, uh, a tough situation because if you allow a person to become a business owner or something where they don't have much experience or much support, they're generally going to fail. Mm-hmm. They're generally going to fail. So, my my concerns is that um, some of these people may have these licenses. But they uh, may not know exactly what to do with it for it to last for a long period of yeah. time. You know, you really, it was one of the reasons why I took my time getting into the uh, cannabis business. I didn't, when the cannabis was legal, I didn't just jump into it. It's about the relationship and the knowledge and working with the people who can teach you things. And uh, I think that's why I waited. I really wanted to work with somebody who was going to teach me some things that could last for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because also, you know, part of this is to create generational wealth, which I think it goes exactly back to what you were saying to where it's like, if you don't know what you're doing with this, you might just mess around, sell it. And then now you've really lost all your money. No, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, like with myself, you know, I, uh, you know, in the state of Washington, you can have five stores Mm -hmm. that you're allowed to have uh, five uh, retail stores uh, as an individual. And, um, you know, I, be, me being having three stores left, I I think I would probably be patient on my buying any more dispensaries and to wait to see if some of these people who would get some of these social equity licenses maybe would want to team up with me because I would, I would love to help some of these people out who would get those licenses mm-hmm. to make sure that they had that general rational wealth. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think that's something we, we could help out. So... Um, you know, there's a lot of do's and don'ts to it, but absolutely, I think that's when it comes down to that, those licenses, but you, you really got to have your things in order for you to uh, make progress. That makes sense. And, you know, it's one of those things where, from what I heard, it's so much money that comes in to where you could really fumble a good bag if you're getting those millions in and you don't know what to do with it. Well, absolutely. And I just said, but also the laws. I mean, you know, you can, these these licenses can be taken away from you breaking laws mm. or, or doing some things that are, um, you know, not uh, not on paper. So uh, you have to really be really, really careful. Make sure things are in order. Make sure that uh, things are done right. Uh, you know, there's so many taxes that's involved with this. You know, you really have to have a great team. It can't be one individual. It has to be a great team. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, like, us at my at my company, we all know our roles. And that's what we focus on. We focus on our roles, and then that way we can uh, make something good happen at the end. I actually was watching um, an interview, uh, and I want to say it might have been one of the interviews for your new Soto store. Mm -hmm. And I want to say it was like a co-owner or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. He basically said you all work your way up through the company to where it's like you start from the bottom. And then you work through just about each and every level so that way you understand the whole business, which I think is amazing. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think... uh, uh, that's what we do, man. We we try to uh, bring people in, and we start them down at the bottom. And they, as a bud tender, 
and, and you work your way up. I mean, that's how you, you gain your stripes. Absolutely. It's also a different kind of appreciation mm-hmm. because, you know, I actually started on the street team here. Right. So I started in 2015, right. carrying the tents, you know, <laughs> setting up the tables, being outside, doing all that to where now I'm on in five different cities. Right. So it's like there's a different appreciation, I think, for any company that you work for when you know that you really started from the bottom yes. and had to grind, work, learn, actually be mentored, be willing to be mm-hmm. told, okay, you could have done this better. Okay, mm-hmm. I actually need you to brush up on this a little bit mm-hmm. and not always get your feelings hurt. Well, absolutely. I think that's part of the grind of business that some people have and some people don't have. True. And, um, you know, and, and it's, it's just so true, man, is how bad do you really want it? If you're really willing to learn and listen, you will, uh, you know, take the time and go through some of those measures. If you get impatient and you don't, then sometimes those things won't work out for you. A lot of people quit. Mm-hmm. You know, in this business that I've been in, I've only been in it just for a few years, but I can, I can tell you this. I mean, if you if you really handle your business, these people grow and they grow really quickly. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it happen. Um, you know, I've worked with people, and uh, even including myself as a, as a guy who came in who was owning a small percentage of a store, who now owns a big percentage of a store. Mm-hmm. And this is that's how it works. You you want that education on how to do certain things, and you want the appreciation for the people that you work with also. I love that. Now, your yeah. new store, um, the original one is in, I guess you would call that Belltown area? Yeah, it's in Belltown. It's kind of first in Denny area in Seattle. It's, um, you know, it's the lead way going right into the, uh, the, to the Climate Pledge Arena. Mm-hmm. You know, it was... Uh, you know, something that I had thought about, we thought about when we when we put that store there is that uh, we were we, we had the silence in our mind, mm-hmm. thinking that one of these days that, uh, you know, the, the, that team is going to be coming back and we definitely wanted to be close to the stadium. Maybe not right next door, but close to it. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, yeah, the second location is in the Soto District. And, um, you know, when, you, when you're doing these projects, sometimes you, the one thing that you want to do, they always say location is everything. You got to have a good parking. You know, a lot of times if you don't have great parking, people don't generally want to stop at your at your location. So uh, we're a little bit down the street, but hey, it's close to the stadiums, and we can uh, almost see the stadiums in sight. So it really works well for us in the Soto District because uh, we feel like we've co- covered both sides of town yeah. pretty good now. And then, like, you know, just from even where we're at right now, it's mm. pretty much down the street. Like, one time I rode a scooter there. <laughs> you were, you, so you the wouldn't want to be running a red light out here? No. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> I live downtown. I, you, look, let me tell you something. If, you, if you've never been to Seattle... And you're and you get on one of those lime scooters. You are really bold if you are in the middle of downtown Seattle Absolutely. and you are running. Like I always people tell do people, not care over here. Check the brakes before you even ride the thing, please. <laughs> if you get on the scooter, at least check the brakes. Oh my God! Now, question. You know, I've been seeing a lot of stuff, and I've actually done some reporting over this mm-hmm. over all the different dispensary robberies and break-ins. Right. I think it, I don't remember where it was. It might have been like uh, Lakewood or something. Mm-hmm. Somebody ran into one of the <laughs> yeah. stores. I was like, yeah. what is going on here? Well, I mean, it, it, this is, these are these are tough times. Yeah. I think this is the world that we live in today is that, uh, you know, these are tough times. We have people who are, are sometimes are doing very well in life, and then we also have people who are struggling in life also. And uh, this is what we're going to get. So I think, you know, um, when, you know, when you, when you come to the city of Seattle, one of the things that you recognize is the homeless. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. 
you know, and, and somehow we've in this world we've have we have to learn how to treat people who are struggling better. Mm-hmm. We have to give them avenues also to be able to work their way back into the normal life. And uh, when when they don't have those avenues back into the normal life, these are the things that happens. I mean, you see people robbing constantly. You see people uh, complaining about the police force and of those natures. And then uh, things just, uh, it seems like they just go downhill from there. Yeah, and it just almost doesn't even get better. It's just like worse and worse and worse. And then there's like these new drugs that are out here, like the Trank one. I said, what is this? Yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. Uh, You know, unfortunately, they made cannabis uh, legal, but then they made 10 other uh, hardcore drugs. Like... It's almost you like know. a like a counterproductive thing. Where Absolutely. it's like I'm going to give you something good, but mm-hmm. I'm also going to jack everybody else up mm-hmm. with this potentially. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think that's that's what happens. I think people sit from the outside. When these cartels, they sit from the outside, and they say this is an opportunity for us to come in and really penetrate and make some money. Because that's what a, it, at the end of the day, it's all about the dollar when it comes to the drug stuff. It's all about the dollar. So, uh, you know, we. Um, Having a license to sell cannabis, I'm always aware of those things. Definitely the uh, the store getting robbed. So one of the things that I wanted to do when I got into this business was put these build and put these uh, stores in a in a secure building. Mm-hmm. You know, in a secure building, uh, semi to protect the workers, but semi just to, to, to protect the investment. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, you know at the end of the day um, that takes care of itself, and hopefully the, the respect that people have for me, we won't face some of those battles. But I surely feel sorry for for some of the people that are going through some of the things that they they've went through with the robberies and uh, unnecessary violence that happens to the stores and the cannabis business. Yeah. Now, quick question: um, with your new store, just in case anyone's curious, are you guys still hiring? If anyone wanted a job, we're always hiring. <laughs> okay. That's good yeah. To know. Absolutely, we're always hiring. We're always looking for. For um, for better people to work with, absolutely, man. So um, you know the thing about working for us at, at Sean Kemp's, you just you got to be persistent about it. So if you don't get a call right back, be persistent about it. Send in another application. Um, but absolutely, we're always looking for 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 better people out there to uh to better ourselves. Now, have you thought about opening up in like Portland at some point, or well, would you think it's too oversaturated in Portland? Well, I think. Portland market is a is a little tough, but absolutely, I think uh, what you'll see me probably do is go out to some of the rural areas, maybe, and do a business, but also uh, venture out into some other places. I mean, you know, I, you know, one of my goals is to be able to do this all up and down the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So to be able to uh, to have a store, um, absolutely, in the state of Washington, but also like Portland, also California, also Arizona, Nevada, of those natures. So. We're just getting started doing this, really. We're just yeah, we're just getting started doing this. I um, you know, I, I'm able to to uh, to sell these products at the store here, but I'm also able to uh, go to the other cities and um, other locations in different states and uh, create my own products, mm-hmm. my own individual products. So uh, the business is just now growing. So we got a long ways to go, and we're looking forward to it. Now, question, how hard is it to create your own individual mm-hmm. products without having to grow your own flowers? Well, it's not very difficult at all. Mm. It's not really. It's not, uh, you know, um, and to be honest with you, a lot of these people are very, very good at what they do. You got to be crafty. You got to have a lot of knowledge of the game. 
But, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's companies that has cookies. Cookies, cookies don't have a farm. They don't do any growing. Really? Yeah, they, yeah cookies don't, they don't, they don't grow any weed. No, no, they are a, um, a packaging and a manufacturing company who, uh, sort, go through sources to buy their, their cannabis. And then they, uh, they're able to, uh, make things happen by being, um, creative on their designing packages. Huh. And uh, just being a very, very active social media wise. So it's like very much so distributor type things absolutely. or vendors, if you will. Absolutely. They're like the king. They're the king of it. So they do absolutely. They do absolutely no growing. Now, what would you say is a huge misconception of owning a dispensary? Well, the, the, the huge conception is this, is that. Uh, People don't realize there's so many laws. Mm, like you were saying, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. They're they just so, think they can open up and... Yeah, and I think people think sometimes that, that you have this free range of doing things your way, but you really don't. There's so many laws that you have to uh, abide by. Uh, you know, and even me, I have to be careful even accepting product from people. Mm. So, uh, you know, you, there's so many laws that you have to abide by. It makes this tough at times. And uh, you really want to, you really have to stay active and, 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 and have a a good notion with the public and have people coming in out your store because some of like I was saying before, some of these weed, uh, weed stores won't make it mm -hmm. because without the public's input coming back and forth from buying product, the business is not going to survive. Yeah. And that's why your business plan has to be on point and, and everything that you do from your, uh, your business plan to your, um, you know, to, to, to your, to your account, your products, to uh, follow the laws, to your taxes. Um, you know, there's just so many rules. Uh, I didn't realize there was so many rules, but you have to make sure you buy these rules because uh, your license can be in jeopardy. Like at any time? Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I've seen guys lose their license for doing, you know, really, really, you know, um, some careless things. So definitely you can lose your license. And I mean, losing your license is losing your money. That part. And uh, we don't have time for that in 2023. Like, did you recently see the price of eggs? Like, I don't know what's coming next, but. I <laughs> well, I tell you what, they say the cannabis is the price is going down. So what? that's what they're saying. So this is like, this is probably a good time for. Maybe it's just people the stuff that start I resourcing these, uh, these prices out there. <laughs> My stuff be expensive. I'm like, is how much for this vape? Lord. But it's all right. Um. Random question. Have you ever thought about going into like the shroom business since that's now starting to become mm -hmm. a whole new world and people are saying that it's not as saturated as cannabis, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of money. It is. And I know people love those shrooms, man. And uh, uh, me, I've never taken a mushroom. I'm, 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 I haven't I haven't got to that point yet, but, uh, you know, never say never. But I haven't taken one yet. But I think... Um, you know, uh, I think people need to do a lot of research when it comes to that. Just make sure you know what you're adjusting in your body. What's up, everybody? You know, me and Besa, my girl, we had to pull up to Market Street Shoes once again, y'all. And you know, we do this every season. We have to get the new shoes, the new boots, and this time, I even got a coat. Yeah, no, you did walk in without a coat. I really I'm did. glad you found one. But their <laughs> boots were on point. Yes, the boots, the bags. I even grabbed a flannel. Yeah, you did. You know, and I was able to get some hats and everything. I was really impressed. 
And you know I was impressed because, of course, I got those white boots that you guys see me wearing everywhere these days. Yeah, no, I, I look at your white boots and I'm like, darn it, they only have one pair. Me and Basin wear the same size. Of course, every time we walk out with several bags in hand. Several bags and sometimes even a backpack, you guys. Make sure you check out Market Street Shoes. Yeah, please check them out. where they go, Basa? Ooh, 2232 Northwest Market Street, Seattle, Washington. We were talking about the city getting a basketball team again. Mm-hmm. What type of heartbeat do you think it would add to the city once it came back? And better mm-hmm. yet, we get another team. Would it necessarily be the Sonics? Yeah, it's going to be the Sonics. You know, um, they kept the name. They kept the history mm-hmm. of the Sonics. Uh, you know, so it's going to be the Seattle Super Sonics. The colors are going to be green and gold. The team is going to come back. It's just the... Uh, it's just about uh, things working out for the NBA and then they're making an announcement. I actually think it's probably the uh, TV rights deal is what they're waiting for. Oh. So, uh, you know, um, you know, NBA is smart about their business. So I'm sure once they their TV agreement is uh, figured out with the, the, the collective agreement between the uh, TV station, the cable stations and the NBA, I think that would probably be the right time for them to say, hey, we're going to bring in two new teams. Mm. And that's what we're hoping that they name and they say like Las Vegas and Seattle. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, I, mean, I think it's in our face and we don't really see it at times also. And what I mean by that is that um, when you see a guy by the name of LeBron James, when you see him say he wants to be an owner of a team and here's a guy who's just broke the record in scoring. Well, I would imagine that he he will probably be the owner of a team. Mm. I mean, he's 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 he he has he's created great wealth for himself as an individual and his family, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't the owner of the Las Vegas team mm. in the future. I really it wouldn't surprise me at all. And uh, but I ask myself too at the same time, well, he can't play and own a team. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think I think, I, I, I think something's going to have to give and um, I don't know how many years LeBron wants to play you know but I, I think I heard in his interview when he broke the record he said you know he still had a couple good years left so I think uh, you know if he probably won another championship or something like that he would probably be ready to retire have you, like, talked to any of, like, your former teammates about, like, getting a team and, like, coming together and doing that yourselves, or? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I can I can tell you, um, I can't tell you everything, but I can tell you this, this, when it comes to uh, the Sonics, things are uh, getting lined up pretty good. And, um... They haven't announced it or anything of that sort, but I'm quite sure they know who's going to be the owners in and around this area. I think it's not a hidden secret with some of the guys that have really done well in this area. So uh, I think you'll see some players own part of the team, but also you'll see guys like myself still wanting to do something with the Sonics once they come back to carry that tradition around too. Well, shoot, I never made it to one of the games, so I will be there. No, no. It's, <laughs> as soon know. as this opens, I am pulling up. I don't care if I move out of city. I am going. And we got this beautiful arena down here at Climate Pledge. Only thing they're missing is a team at this point in time. Yeah. They really have the is. whole locker room yeah, and everything yeah, already. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I think we're here in Seattle. We're ready. But I don't think they're quite ready in Las Vegas yet. 
Mm. So um, hopefully once they get the their building and everything start to going in that in the right direction, hopefully it'll be an announcement. That's what I'm hoping so. So, you know, generally the way that they do this, we'll wake up one morning and they'll say, hey, we got two years until opening day, yeah. as they did the hockey team. Interesting. Okay, so let me ask you one more thing, and this is like so random, but when was the last time you went to Pike Place Market and caught the fish? Last time I went to Pike Place Market and caught the fish was about six years ago. Mm. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm due, I'm due, I'm due, I'm due for another uh, fish catch. And, um, you know, Gary Payton is coming to town on February 24th. I'm going to have to invite, we're going to have to go down to Pike Place Market and uh, and redo that fish draw and see if I still have the hands to be able to catch that flying fish the way I used to. I love it. <laughs> okay, so we're going to do something I like to call six randoms with Besa, all right? All right. Number one, your favorite spot to get sushi. Oh, I'm going to say uh, my favorite spot, uh, best place, Umi. Umi. I haven't been there yet, but I've heard of it. Mm -hmm. Umi's uh, good. Okay, okay. Uh, next one, your favorite weed strand. I'm going to say, well, I'm an indica type person. When I like, when I like uh, bacon buds, they got something called pressure. Mm. It's a real favorite of mine. But I also like Freddie Swago, too. You mm. know, so, um, um, yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, I might have to try Yeah, to pressure place. from Bacon Buzz. Now, is it going to have, would they have me couch locked or would I just be comfortable? You're going to be, you're going to be comfortable. Okay. You know, you won't be, um, you won't be sleep. You won't be uh, in the couch. Okay. You'll be sitting on it. <laughs> and I, I might just turn on Netflix real quick and be like, you know what? Let me just make sure I have my water over here before I even <laughs> try this. Um, okay. Next question. What is your most memorable memory from when you were playing for the Sonics? Man, uh, my, my most memorable moment is... Uh, don't laugh at this. Is is gonna be, uh, you know, me getting get stepping out there the first time that um that I played. Mm. You know, the first time that I played, I you know I I I was only eighteen years old, so uh, it was a big deal. I mean, it was a big deal for me, a uh, big deal for my confidence, and I had these bubble guts, man. It was just like you know I was feeling you you're feeling so good about things, but then you realize that. I was like the thirteenth man on the thirteenth team, thirteenth person on the on the thirteenth man roster. Mm. <laughs> so so you know, I was so play. happy to be in the NBA, but I was realizing that I had so much work to do. Yeah, and um, I think um, that first game, uh, me realizing that, saying, looking at this list and saying, I'm the thirteenth person out of thirteen guys. Mm. I've really, I've really got to handle my business the right way. Uh, I didn't realize that making it wasn't going to feel so good. Mm. You know, once you've made it, you realize that now you really have to work. Yeah. Yeah. Because in high school, you were always the number one guy. Absolutely. Like, there was no one that was beating yeah, you back like, then. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you just, you know, you have these fears. And I think that's one of the reasons that I still do business currently to this day. Uh, you know, I went from high school to pro. 
right now you have those fears of not 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 doing well mm -hmm. so you always want to challenge yourself to doing something positive you know and um uh and i think that's just something that you carry around inside yourself now, one thing I did notice is that, you know, when you first started, like you said, you started at number 13. So mm. you weren't the number one guy no. on the field. You were dropping balls. You were right. missing shots. But then, you know, you were like, OK, I need to do something here. Yeah. What were like three things that you really did that truly helped you change your game strategy? Well, three things that I did. First of all, I moved into the gym. Mm. You know, uh you know, and as I'm being honest with you, uh, I really thought I was good. You know, here you are. Here I am as an 18 year old kid who have, who's just made it to the NBA. So my confidence was second to none on anything, and um, I realized that I just wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. So I, I literally had to um, buy a futon at one time, and and uh, and this is a true story. Me and Gary Payton both. This is uh, I'll let you guys in on this. We we ended up having to buy futons and, and uh, spend most of the night working out when wow. guys didn't realize that we were working out. We were trying to get an advantage on guys. So when guys would go out to the club, when guys would go to uh, the bed, we would go back to the gym, work our butts off, trying to get advantage on them. Wow, and then you go to sleep in there and then work out We would out go to sleep in up. there and be in there and be ready for practice in the morning. And they just didn't know. No, we wouldn't tell anybody. Absolutely not. So basically, you shocked the heck out of the whole team eventually when they were just like, what is going on here? Yeah, I mean, we got it from a, a coach. A, a coach, his name was Tim Gergridge. Uh, used to coach in UNLV. Um, one of George Carl's assistants uh, really challenged us to be better than who we were. Mm. You know, at one time, uh, you know, at one time, uh, me and Gary was playing here in Seattle, and the Sonics were talking about trading both of us. Mm. They didn't think we were mature enough, and they didn't think we were good enough, and uh, they didn't think we worked hard enough. So, um, you know, hearing those things it either makes you or breaks you. We took that as a challenge and said that hey, we will take those uh, those boos and turn them into cheers. So yeah. we just, uh, you know, we just went work that butt off. We, um, I think uh, Coach Carl sent us to Utah for three months. Wow. <laughs> so it was kind of a sacrifice of a, of a summer. But um, but it was worth it. Absolutely, it was worth it. Oh absolutely. But well, those are the things that you have to do in order for you to uh, reach greatness sometimes. You, uh, you have to be challenged, and you have to accept that challenge without, um, without conflict and, uh, and rise. Now, one more question. Uh, have you seen the next Sean Kemp yet? <sighs> no, I haven't. No. Not quite, no. Um, you know, first of all, I think, and I'm, I'm talking about myself, I, I haven't. I've seen guys who have the, the talent and the skills skill set of me, but I haven't seen the hunger and the determination yet. Mm. I have not. But I will say this, uh, Kevin Garnett and Kobe Bryant um, also went from high school to pro. Mm. I knew those guys when they were young. You know, we had a little bit of a relationship before they got into the pros. Uh, I lived a lot of my goals through those guys because I was able to talk to those two when they were young and help them out with their training, help them see some things, help them, help them, uh, you know, see things that they didn't have to go through of that nature. And uh, that's always been very, very, very special to me. 
Well, shoot. We'll see who ends up pulling up to get that hunger. And Ooh. I agree with you. You know, it's one of those things where when you're able to come from the bottom and then just shoot up to the right. top because you really worked for it, like, yeah. there's a different level of respect that everyone has no choice but to give you in that moment. No, absolutely. I think, um, you know, respect is earned, not given. Yeah. You know, so uh, you have to you have to you have to earn it. And I think um, will it happen? Sure, it will. It's just a matter of time. And, um, you know, one of the things that I think they have to do is, uh, is is change the age limit back in the NBA with these guys. You know, where I was able to come out of right out of high school. Now you have to be about 21 mm. to get into the NBA. That, that needs to be changed because you can't stop a person for earning a living after they get out of high school. You see tennis stars, you see baseball stars, you see hockey stars of that nature, all young kids rising up. And the NBA should be the same thing. The age should be uh, down to 18 where you have to be just at least 18 years old to get into the NBA. And you might see some of that hunger. Maybe. It's out there for sure. Especially because you're like, I'm the young one. I cannot be getting tossed around by these grown men. <laughs> Absolutely. And that was my that was my take on it too. Uh you know, um, my take on it was is absolutely I cannot continually get tossed around and beat up the way these guys are beating me. Like up. you're not gonna keep trying me. <laughs> We're not doing this. Like you thought. <laughs> I'm gonna go live in the gym. Yes, I love that. Well shoot, you guys, look, you gotta want it enough to where you're able to live in the gym and really get it done and practice and make sure you take that proper mentorships, all right? And sometimes give up your summers, okay? Um, with that being said, is there anything coming up next that you wanna let everyone know about? No, I'm just I'm headed to the uh, NBA All-Star game this weekend. Yay. And that's in Utah, the great, great city of Salt Lake. So we're gonna be down there celebrating another good year of the NBA. Um, so no, just, uh, you know, uh, make sure you come to, uh, both of my stores, cannabis stores in Seattle. If you, if, uh, if you're a non Seattle person, but if you are in Seattle, please come to the Soto store and please come to the uh, Belltown store. We surely appreciate it. I love it. Well, shoot, Raymond, I gotta say thank you for pulling up on me. This is amazeballs. I put on Facebook, I said, you guys wait till you find out who I'm interviewing. And everyone's like, who? I said, wait, I didn't say I was going to give you a hint. I told you to wait. <laughs> no, thank you. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure. Of course, of course. Well, shoot, you guys, you already know what I'm going to say. I hope that you enjoyed this interview. I hope that you learned something or even got inspired. But of course, until next time, look, I hope that you have an amazing rest of your day. And of course, keep that energy high. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.